Why aren't his hands healing? 
The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rocker. Good day, America. Welcome, Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ people, all the boat rockers in the house, and anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio, where we use the Bible and the Constitution not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S. occupied state of South Carolina, the editor at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, and for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns about. I hold to the book, the Bible. As the authoritative word of God, glad that you guys have joined us this morning. If you would like to check us out online, please do so. SonsofLibertyRadio.com and also SonsofLibertyMedia.com. In fact, if you're listening by way of Red State Talk Radio and you want to watch the video portion of the radio show, that's right, you can see the face that's made for radio. Head over to SonsofLibertyMedia.com. There you're going to see two videos at the top of the page. One on the left side is Bradley's show from yesterday. uh, And you can catch that up until 3 p.m. Eastern today. Uh, which time he'll be live in that area right there. On the right side of the page is where we're at. Click on the play button, blow it up whatever device you got. Look for the Rumble icon, bottom right-hand corner. Click on that and join us in the chat on Rumble. We'd love to have you over there with our friends. Uh, good morning, guys. Good to see you. A lot of friends over there. And uh, <clears throat> while you're over there, please subscribe to that channel, Sons of Liberty Radio Live, Sons of Liberty Radio Live on Rumble. And then also we're uh, there over on beforeitsnews.com. Uh, top of the page there, and we appreciate Michael Roach and his team giving us a spot on their platform, because they get a lot of people over there, so we're glad that they wanted us to be a part of what they're doing on their site. And, uh, you know, look, there's a lot of people that need correction. (laughs) I mean, we all need correction at some point in our lives, don't get me wrong, but there is a lot of people who need correction, so we're glad that they give us a... uh, a platform to do just that, to call people back to the foundation, foundational documents, call them back to the scriptures, um, and who we are as the people that, that were established in this land, okay? <clears throat> so we appreciate uh, appreciate Michael doing that uh, for us and giving that spot. Over back on SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, you can sign up for an email newsletter. Again, that's all our articles for the day. They go out late afternoon, early evening, including the morning show archive. So be sure and sign up for that. That's right up under where we're streaming live, top right side of the page, uh, on sonslibertymedia.com. Also, I didn't open up the store, but the store is available. The link is there um, off the sonslibertymedia.com page. And you can get there directly by going to thesonsofliberty.squarespace.com. Don't forget the in front of it. And there we're highlighting the... um, uh, all the profits were pointing to the front book, Bradley's latest book. That's $10 in the store. We also have the Soldier of the Cross book, which is $10. 
And then the Soldier of the Cross bundle, which starts at $34. That's the book, that's a shirt of your size, and a dog tag, uh, Sons of Liberty dog tag, black or silver, your choice. All of that's in that bundle. <clears throat> Excuse me. So you can pick that up for uh, $34. And I don't know why this morning. Well, I, you know what? I, I'm just, I'm not even going to complain. I'm not going to complain about it. Lord, thank you that the stream is working. <laughs> They get the streams working. Yeah, I'm going to have to click buttons a different way and have to do stuff a little bit different, and that's okay. Uh, I'm not complaining. It's, you know, uh, as the writer of Hebrew says, we haven't done so uh, to the point of shedding our blood yet. I haven't done that yet. So uh, whatever the Lord gives us, we'll, we'll run with it. Okay, I got a bunch of stuff. I doubt I'm going to get through all of it. So whatever I have here, because today is just like, boy, I thought I would get up and just do... Let's do an open line Friday. Let's do, you know, videos I've collected for the week, stories that haven't been told. I, you know, I thought about some of that. Some of this stuff I'm going to throw at you. Uh, you're probably not hearing a lot in the media, but there, there probably is some things out there. And I know a lot of you guys don't really, a lot of you don't listen to any of the Mockingbird media, quote unquote, conservative or not. You just don't listen. You might catch a clip like I do if you have to go look something up or something like that. You just don't inundate yourself with that. You're busy doing the works you should be doing. Uh, you're staying in the Word and things of that nature, and that's where you should be, okay? That's where you should be with things. And um, <clears throat> there have been just several things uh, this past week, but just to borrow from some of the stories that we've put out on... Um, SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. Let, let me give you a couple of these, and then we'll kind of get into our topic as we, as we bring all of this on. This is, um, this is our friend Max Lavo. He's over at uh, SHTFPlan.com, and uh, he's reporting on Musk's first Neuralink brain chip implanted into a human. Now, my understanding is <clears throat> that they have been, <clears throat> excuse me, I don't know what I got in my throat here. Excuse me, let me get uh, just a little drink of water here. If I was doing that, I would do it with a uh, kind of a commercial thing. You know, the guy he lifts the bottle and he just looks like he's really hydrated or whatever. Anyway, <clears throat> it, my understanding was these chips at least what we were told, were to be used in people who are having problems with uh, you know, paralysis or something like that. And they can't move their arms or legs, stuff like this. You know, things along that line. And so what they were going to do was target the brain with this technology so that they could actually do that. I don't... Look, if that's all that was going on, I might say, yeah, okay, you do that, but then get the people on you know, the proper intake of things and see if that makes a difference into their bodies, see if that makes a difference. But um, I, think, I think this is just way too invasive. I, 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 I think it's probably some people, some people probably had good intentions with it. Don't get me wrong. But the entire thing of having something that is synthesized, it's synthetic, put on your brain to cause something to work the way it should uh, is just a little too 1984 for me. 
Okay, it's just a little too 1984. But here's the story. Elon Musk has officially announced that his biotech company, Neuralink, has successfully implanted one of its brain chips in a human being for the first time. Musk also claims that the recipient of the mind control chip is in good condition following the surgery. The firm hopes to create an interface that allows people to control devices using their brains alone. See, it's gone from the pitch of, well, we're trying to help people who are physically incapacitated. That's what it was a long time ago. Now, it allows people to control devices using their brains alone to tell things what to do. What could possibly go wrong with this? <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. I, how many of you, and my buttons aren't working, so I have to go over and click on them, but how many of you would love the opportunity? You just think about that floor being clean, and it's clean, right? Or you, you think about the lights coming on, and I mean, that would be kind of cool. I, I'm not going to deny that that's there. But to do this kind of thing, see, and then people will begin to, their thinking will be distorted because they're, th they're saying, well, I'm controlling these things with my mind. I am a God. Isn't this the very lie that uh, advisor to the World Economic Forum, uh, Klaus Schwab, you know, Dr. Evil, the bad actor there, isn't this exactly what his advisor, Noah Harari, is saying? He said, we become gods by our technology. That's what he's saying. Sorry, guys. The true God spoke things into existence. I was having this conversation with my boys last night, and we were talking about frequency and vibrations, and how, I'm going to tell you, I think the church has largely uh, embraced something about New Age with that, when there's, a, there's just a reality there, okay? There's energy, frequency, vibration. I want you to think about something, just this in passing. When you read Genesis chapter 1, what are you reading there? How is God creating things? He is creating things through the, word of his, the power of his word, the spoken word. He speaks it, and it is. What are words? What is the voice what is that? That's energy, it's frequency, it's vibration. And the reason you and I are still held together, the reason all of the creation stays together is because exactly what the Word of God says. All things are held together by the power of His Word. You exist in time and space. You are held together by the power of the word of the living God. That's what you're doing. And so am I. We don't do that on our own. This is why we smack this stuff down where man tries to exalt himself to the place of Godhood. Even if it's a small endeavor of quote-unquote free will. I know some of you guys don't like that, like that, that I hit that. But again, you know, the phone lines are open. You guys are welcome to call. I don't have my phone in front of me, so I can't see when somebody calls. So I've got the, the uh, Google Voice open. Again, please don't call me after the shows. If you're watching this and the show's not live, don't text me. Don't call me because you're not going to get me. I'm not going to see your message or any of that. Okay, so don't do it. I ask people to do it, and they continually do it. I don't know why. This is a live show. Call me when it's live. Let's have a conversation. Even the guys who were... 
you know, a little bit out of shape at me over the past couple of days, Van and uh, Steve. Look, you guys want to call in? Let's have a conversation. I'm not a nasty guy. I'm really not. And that's why I don't like the comment section, because the comments allow you to put whatever tone you want to in my words, uh, the intents of my heart, and all this other. So I, I don't want you to do that. Let's have a conversation. Uh, everybody knows me here. They know that uh, even if you disagree with me, as long as we remain adults and we disagree and we go back and forth, that we'll have a good conversation. I think that's beneficial to the audience, too. So, um, yeah, you're welcome to call in, 803-619-9855, 803-619-9855. I will try to get it. If I don't get your call, just keep calling back. I'll eventually see it, but I, I do have this screen up so that I can see it. I usually have my phone, it'll light up, and that kind of grabs my attention. Uh, but I will try to watch this if you want to call in, 803-619-9855, and hopefully we're not going to have an issue like we had the other day when Joni's trying to call in. Uh, but that was because there was all kinds of weird stuff going on yesterday with the computer. Anyway, that's another thing. Uh, this guy was uh, the first human recipient of an implant okay, for, for this uh, Neuralink. And, of course, as you, as you saw, um, Elon Musk uh, put out the tweet there. Um, he's recovering well. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. I think once this, whoever this person is, comes out and they start showing you all the stuff, they're running their phone with their brain. You know what? I can run my phone with my fingers. I can run it with my fingers just fine. It's just, it's just fine like that. In fact, if you want to know the truth, I'd like to take my phone and throw it out the window. As I've told you, I think smartphones make us stupid. That's what they do. All right, so let's hit, first of all, um, oh, this is going to be a transition here. So let's hit this first one here. Texas National Guard is ordered to hold the line against federal agents. And they should be. They should be told to do that. Now, I'm going to tell you, I, I, I see two aspects to this. The one, the National Guard that is there, the federalized National Guard is, is down there. I, I, I got to tell you, if Greg Abbott was serious, if he wasn't playing his role there, which he is, don't think he's not, folks. If he was serious, he would call up the unorganized militia. That's right, the men of his state who are not you know, bound by so many years in the service and all this, the unorganized militia, the militia mentioned in the Constitution, that militia. Because the federalized militia is not mentioned there. Go back and read the Founding Fathers, uh, excuse me, the framers of the Constitution when they're arguing uh, for what they're going to put in the Constitution. And they had the idea of not a federal militia. They didn't want a standing army, so they didn't want a federalized militia. They wanted a militia, yeah, the president could call on, or the governor, but they were militias of the state. They were the men of the state. Again, I harp on that, and I know people are scared of the term militia. You're going to have to get over it, okay? You're going to have to get over it. That's what they are. They are militia. They are in the Constitution. I don't care who demonized the word. They're wrong in what they're doing. And the people need to take the definition back like they need to take it back for a whole lot of things. The American people need to take back the term gay and they need to put it in its rightful place. They need to take back adultery and put it in its rightful place. They need to take back sodomy and put it in its rightful place. And there's a whole host of other words that they need to do that with. Because they're being deceived by what they're saying. 
uh, we had this conversation with Mike Bambus and uh, John Boylan uh, the other week because we were talking about words that are used, spells that are cast. That's why we call it spelling. Putting together the words. And I, I got to tell you, the more I think about that, and I'm not into, I, I don't, I, I see some people doing some stuff I think that's just downright close to witchcraft, uh, calling it Christian and stuff. I, I'd, I'd stay away from that. But I got to tell you, I do think that what God says about the words of our mouth being life and death, uh, the, the tongue, we have the power of life and death in it. I think we ought to take that very serious. But in any case, the Texas National Guard has been ordered to hold the line against federal. I hope they will. I'm not, I'm not expecting them to do that completely, okay? But I hope they will do it. Um, and we see more people going down. Uh, my understanding is something similar to the, the, the Bunkerville issue that happened out there with the Bundys. There are militiamen who know their duty who are traveling down to Texas. I'd love to go down there and be a part of that and cover it and everything else. I mean, I'd love to do that. Um, finances and time is the big thing for me. But, you know, I would say if you're in Texas and you're a man, you know, you have some sort of obligation to fill some gaps there in what's taking place in your state. And that's your duty as a man in Texas. Just the same way as if they were coming in through the borders of South Carolina, and we knew about it, coming through the coastal line or whatever, and we knew about it, that it would be our duty as South Carolinian men to go and to stop that, to put a stop to it. That would be our duty as men. Okay? Here's the report. This comes from uh, Fox News. Um, yeah. Anyway, do with it what you will. Here it comes. Nearly 250 years ago, and I don't our founding know fathers why it debated up, the future of the government. The Federalists wanted a strong, centralized federal government. Anti-Federalists, such as Thomas Jefferson, believed that government power should be derived from the individual states joining together. And debates between the two school of thoughts flourished in town halls and village squares. The topic was so contentious that oftentimes swords and bayonets were drawn. But ultimately, the Founding Fathers found a compromise. Some powers were assigned to the federal government, like regulating trade. Other powers were assigned to the state governments, like education. And other powers were shared, okay, like the so, power to tax. Hang on. Let's stop here a second. <clears throat> when the Constitution was given, there was no authority to the states or to the federal government on education. So this guy's completely wrong. It wasn't. That wasn't there. In fact, education was largely being done at home and in little schools set up by parents, much like what you see if you watched uh, Little House on the Prairie. You, you, the, the parents hire a teacher. The teacher teaches all the kids at once, different age groups. This is how, this is how home education was done. Um, that's how it's done today in many, in many respects. Some people you know, farm out some things that they can't do to other people, and I get that. Languages, music, stuff like that, and that's great. Um, but what I'm saying is, is education was not a state issue. In fact, education, for those of you who don't know, if you want to praise Abraham Lincoln as the greatest president we have, that's where the, the, the push on the states to have federal instructed indoctrination came as a blackmail because of um, the Confederacy. 
And so the states, like my state, ended up putting education in their constitution because of their rejection of federal authority to do what Lincoln and his boys did. Okay? And so they put it in there, and I'll tell you why they put it in there. Because they wanted everybody saying the same thing. They wanted to go back to Babylon. Back there in Genesis, where God came down and he saw they were all speaking the same language. They weren't just they didn't just have the same language that they were speaking. They were saying the same things. Kind of like what I'm trying to tell my friends uh, in the comment sections the past couple of days. That you may be awake to certain things, but you're still caught in that two-party system. And that's an indoctrination. It is. Go back and read our founders. I read, I read to you from, from James Adams, who warned that the two-party system is a great evil. And yet I have men who claim they're Christian trying to justify the evil. Their choice of the lesser of two evils and all of this. Other. I have men trying to do that. Now, I'm not trying to beat them down. I know what that's like to be taught that. I know what it's like to embrace that. I did that years ago. I really did. So I, this is not a thing. I'm just trying to tell you what I went through, what I saw, how my eyes were open to that, especially from the Word of God. Because there is no right or left. God, God warns us about going to the right or the left. God warns us about going into the ditch on either side by following those who are blind and they're leading the blind. They both fall into the ditch. God warns us about that. What does he say stay true to? My commands, my statutes, my judgments. That's what he says, Deuteronomy chapter 6. So just going to throw that out there about the education issue. The federal government has the power to wage war. And under Article 4, Section 4 of the Constitutional, the United States shall protect each state against invasion. But what if the federal government fails to protect the states against invasion? Well, the Constitution says the states can protect themselves from invasion That's right. when they're actually invaded That's right. or face an imminent threat. And the Supreme Court's agreed in several cases reaffirming the rights of states to use military force in its own defense. You judge with your own eyes if the United States is being invaded. Foreign nationals are breaching our shores by boat and then sprinting through the beaches and just disappearing onto the streets. I mean, these foreigners have no right to break into our country. That's not immigration. What you're seeing on the screen is what every country in the world calls an invasion. They say it's not violent, but drugs, sex, and human smuggling, and all of the crime and devastation associated with that is violent. That's what violence is. So why is Biden treating the border like a turnstile for the third world? All right, so... Who do you want as president, a travel agent or a builder? Because look where Biden stopped building the border wall. Okay, see through the I'm Trump here in thing Jacuma, in there? California. See how he did this that? This is the United States. Over here on the other side is Mexico. I'm going to show you how easy it is to sneak across the border. All right, right now I'm in the United States. Look at that. And 
Ahora estoy en México. So, you just it's broke the law for Mexico, the is that right? Now you just broke just it for the U.S. Through, just like mm. this. Now, the majority of the country believes big, we're being invaded. That's that big wall, concrete and rebar, you know, so tall that you can't see it with drones and lasers and military around it. That's that wall that, that Trump said he was going to build. It was going to be so easy. It was going to be, you know, a couple of billion at first, and then it was up to like 25 billion, and we still don't have it. We still don't have that wall. Not that I'm for it. Look, we've been without a wall in this country since before our inception under the Constitution. We've been without a wall. How have we survived hundreds of years without all that? I'm just asking the question. <clears throat> because in large measure, we sought to honor God. Yeah, there was always corruption. There was always sinners around. There's... There, there, that's not the thing. We weren't pristine and perfect. We weren't. But we held forth what was perfect and what was pristine, and that was the Word of God and the Gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what we did. That's what made America great for all you Trumpites out there. It wasn't everybody had a job, a chicken in the pot, and two cars in the garage. That's not what makes America great. If you think that's what makes America great, then you're on the ideology of Marxism. You really are. You're on the ideology of riches, <clears throat> which Jesus says it's harder for a rich man to enter the kingdom than a camel to pass through the eye of the needle. And I think he's exactly right. Why? Because riches, it's not that riches are bad in and of themselves. It's that the wicked heart of man sees them as the end all. And that's what they do. This is why Jesus told the story about the Pharisee. And yes, he was a Pharisee because of how he's dressed, what he's doing, everything else. He's wealthy. And he's got a guy named Lazarus who's sick, begging bread at his gate, sores, the dogs lick his sores, and he makes that comparison there. And one of them goes to be comforted in Abraham's bosom, the other one is tormented in flames. And he's still unrepentant, despite the fact that he, doesn't, he wants his brothers to know what's going on so they don't go there. And he wants Lazarus to come and serve him. This guy, he wouldn't even lift a finger to give him a piece of bread in life. He wants him to serve him. This is what's going on. So we are being invaded. <clears throat> I'm not going to play the rest of this. I'll have the link up. You can have that. You can check that out a little later. Uh, SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. This also came out from Vigilant News uh, regarding this. And, uh, you know, there's, there's several things that we can, uh, we can link in here. Um, let me see if we can bring this up here. Biden blackmail intensifies, won't shut border until Congress coughs up Ukraine and Israel funds. All right, let me just say this right off the bat, because we're going to make a transition here. We know that Biden has been involved, and I don't know why I have that up. Sorry about that. We were going to do John Richardson, by the way. He was supposed to be, we were supposed to play him today. He was having some issues with uh, meeting with family and some things like that. So we're going to get rescheduled tomorrow, or excuse me, next week. Uh, and we're going to talk about this just to let you know, Sloan Kettering study on vitamin B17. Those of you who are dealing with cancer in our audience, I, I hope that you'll listen to it, um, educate yourself, and then make a decision you know, based off that education. But we're going to have him back, Lord willing, next week. I'm hoping that we can get it in on Tuesday so we can play it on, on Wednesday. But John will be with us then. Notice what Biden is doing. We know that he's been corrupt with China. We know he's been corrupt with Ukraine, and <clears throat> it appears that his son, 
has been sort of the go-between in a lot of this. He, he's, I, he's been the go-between between, uh, you know, for Biden's uh, crimes that he's committed. And uh, here we have, he won't shut the border until Congress costs up Ukraine and Israel funds. Now, again, Biden is a quote-unquote Democrat, right? You guys remember 2012, the Democrats didn't want to move the, um, uh, the, the embassy, I think it was, or, you know, recognize Jerusalem as the capital and all that other stuff. You remember that at their, their, confer- their conference they had? Um, and everybody said, oh, they're just anti-Israel, anti-Israel. Well, yes and no. These people have been the ones funding them, too. They've been the ones bringing them in to speak. I, I find it hilarious. Well, not hilarious. I find it hypocritical that somebody like Ilhan Omar uh, will go, and I think, I think in many cases, not all, not all, but in, in many cases, she's right in calling out Israel for what it's doing to the people who call themselves Palestinians. I, I think there's a real problem with that. And again, it gets confusing because everybody goes, Whoa, then are you for Hamas? Wait a minute, I said Palestinian people. They're a Christian Palestinian. They're my brothers and sisters. I have an obligation to do good unto them. Galatians 6 tells me that I'm to do good unto all, especially those of the household of faith. And do I think it's okay for an antichrist state to go into into that area of Gaza and to kill my brothers and sisters? No, I don't. If they're killing bad guys, I don't have a problem with it. But you better prove that you're actually doing that. And I got to tell you, I see some stuff coming out. And I've seen it for years. I've watched Israeli soldiers. They have cameras on, and you have literally people from the Gaza area approach. They don't even get within 10, 20 feet of the border there that's set up. These guys are sitting there with their guns, and they shoot and kill them. They don't even have any, they don't even have any weapons. Some of them are just standing there, and then they laugh about it. But, oh, no, that's not happening. It's the really bad guys are Hamas, which was started and controlled by Israel. So go figure that out. But here he is saying, I'm not going to do the duty that I have, that I swore to do. Which is what this guy from Fox News just stated, was to protect the states from invasion. I don't have the integrity to do that because I'm a compromised man and my handlers want their money. Ukraine and Israel. Don't think Israel isn't handling Biden. Don't think that at all. You people, I I stand with Israel. Okay. Knock yourself out with that stuff, okay? And a lot of those people will, will bind it up with saying it's this, they're, they're God's people. No, they're not. No, they're not. How many of you guys have not read Hosea? I will make those people who were my people not my people, and the people who were my, who are not my people, my people. God's telling what's going to go on. He's prophesying what's going to take place. Does that mean that nobody in Israel can be saved? No. It just means when you're talking about the chosen people of God, you're talking about those who have the faith of Abraham. And the Israeli government and a large percentage of the Israeli people do not have that faith. They don't. They don't. Read Galatians 3 if you don't understand what. In fact, read the whole book of Galatians. That's Paul's argument. Is against that kind of thinking. 
somehow that you're special, you're chosen or whatever because of your pedigree, who your daddy was, who your granddaddy was, who your great-granddaddy was, who your patriarch was or whatever, if you can even prove that stuff, which they can't. But here he is saying he will not protect the people. He will not do his constitutional duty until he gets funds for his handlers, Israel and Ukraine. Don't doubt me on this. I, you can do your own research and stuff. I mean, everybody tells you to do that anyway, and I hope that you do. I think many of you do that. But this is what's going on. He wants money for foreign entities, which is against our Constitution, in order to do his duty that is outlined in the Constitution. Now, for our friends out there who say, you're just not giving as much hate to Biden as you are to Trump. I don't hate either one of the guys. Man, I pray God would restore their minds, give them repentance, and we would see a demonstration on a national scale of what God actually does in the heart of man. What he actually does. What a real conversion looks like on a national stage. Because I'm going to tell you what, if either Trump or Biden were converted, really born again, it would be so apparent. And you wouldn't have these softball little attacks that you're getting where Trump is getting out of everything. You would have people wanting to crucify that guy. I mean, really crucify him. See, you think they're wanting to crucify him now. No, they're playing. The, they're play, they got the memo. The Mockingbird Media, the Mockingbird media that, that promoted Donald Trump for three or four decades got the memo and said, okay, we need to do the WWE thing. We need to attack Trump. We're going to do all this stuff so it'll drive... It'll, it'll drive the support towards him. We're going to tell him the certain things he can say and he can put out there and that's going to drive all these people toward it. And that's what the people are doing. That's what the people are doing. So, in the midst of all of this, did you guys see this? And I'm just going to hit a couple of these real short because uh, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on because that's not what I'm really focused on. But this comes out in the midst of this too. Speaking of Trump, former Trump Commodity Futures Trading Commission head was shot in a carjacking in D.C. Anybody buying that this is a random, you know, just, I don't know, somebody wanted to attack this guy? Mike Gill? He's in critical condition. The whole thing reminds me of the Seth Rich thing, doesn't it, you, if you read this story? An accomplished Republican professional who served as chief operating officer of the Commodity Futures Trading Commission, CFTC, during Donald Trump administration was among those shot in a vicious carjacking spree in Washington, D.C. on Monday night, one that ended in police killing the perpetrator in Maryland early Tuesday morning. Mike Gill is in a hospital in critical condition after being shot while picking up his wife, an education lawyer, <laughs> God. Uh, blocks from the White House on K Street in downtown D.C. at 545. PM. Yeah. But again, Biden is making this transition to Israel, which again, I'm going to read it quite a bit from this piece. This is from Chuck Baldwin yesterday. And you know, I look, I don't I think some people misunderstand me and Chuck Baldwin. I I've had Chuck on the show several times. I enjoy the conversation we have. There's a lot of stuff that he says that I've heard and a lot of stuff that, that he's written that, that he, he writes, I agree with. There's, there's a few things that I have a disagreement with, okay? 
They're not anything that we're going to come to blows over. Um, and for the guy who keeps writing, because I go in there and clean up my spam every once in a while. It's going in spam. But he keeps writing to me, trying to divide me and Chuck Baldwin. You know, look, we're supposed to be united. I don't even know what the guy's writing about. And so if you're writing, you're wasting your time because I, I don't see it. I see it to delete it in the spam folder because I've already told you I don't even understand what you're saying. Um, but here is from Chuck Baldwin. Here's what he says. Benjamin Netanyahu, forerunner of Messiah or ambassador of hell. I got to tell you, this is stuff like this right here. And this is a good, I, I, I highly recommend that you go read this. This is the very stuff that I have been warning, correcting, teaching on this idea that somehow uh, the, the geopolitical state of Israel today is somehow biblically prophetic. It's not. Somehow these, these people are the people of God. They're not. Unless you're, well, let me ask you, if you believe that, let me ask you a question. Do you believe Arabs are God's people? Now, I'm going to tell you, I believe God's people come out of every tribe, tongue, people, nation. So, yes, I can say there probably are some people in there who are God's people. But as they declare themselves, they're not. They're not. And again, I, I would point you to Galatians. Do they have the work of, uh, do they have the faith of Abraham or do they not? If they don't, then they're not an Abrahamic religion, which includes Judaism and Islam. They're not Abrahamic faiths. I don't care what you say. I don't care what they say. The Bible defines what an Abrahamic faith is. It is those who have faith in Jesus Christ. Read Galatians 3. Okay? It's very clear who the children of Abraham are. And they, it has nothing to do with their pedigree. It has nothing to do with their physical status, who their mom and daddy was. It has to do with who their faith is in. Is it in the Lord Jesus? Then it's an Abrahamic faith. If it's not, it, it's not that. Okay? So here's what uh, Chuck Baldwin writes. Let me bring this up again. Writing for Veterans Today, Dre uh, Dragan Filipovic wrote a fascinating and very enlightening report on Israel's Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu entitled, B.B., A False Messiah. Now there's a lot to this. I want to read quite a bit of this because I think it's helpful for people who might be in that mindset, because I, again, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to be offensive for being offensive. I'm I'm not one of those guys that pops on and say I'm an equal opportunity offender. Uh, even when I do my opening, it's kind of tongue in cheek. Look, I know all kinds of people from all different ideologies, theologies, and backgrounds listen to the show, and so it's just a welcome to all those people. The message is the same to all of them: repentance towards God, faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. That's it's the same message for whoever comes in. Okay. So Bowen goes on, he says, An ardent disciple of the radical Jewish Zionist Chabad Lubavitcher uh, leader, Rabbi Menishem Mendel Schneerson, which we've covered many times because he's the guy who pushed uh, the Noahide laws back on Reagan and every president since, including the current guy who's occupying the people's house illegitimately. Okay, this is Chabad Lubavitch. Chabad Lubavitch is the place where they found all those tunnels up there in New York. That's Habad Lubavitch. Okay? And do you remember what they found in those tunnels? I got videos on the Setting Brush Fires Rumble channel. Do you know what they found there? Yeah, they found strollers and cribs and mattresses with blood on them. 
children's toys with blood on them down in those, those tunnels and those caves. I don't know what those guys were doing there. I don't know how vast that tunnel system is. By the way, you can watch that. There was a documentary somebody gave me, and I said, I wish Christians would get this kind of mindset that these Hasidic Jews have. And I don't mean their ideology. I mean the mindset of building community. That's all. That's all I meant. Because those guys are growing by leaps and bounds. They're controlling that area. They're taking over more and more area the faster they grow. And they are, um, if, I, if I'm not mistaken, they are more than half of the population of the particular county or district. I forget which one it was. It's been a while since I've seen the uh, documentary. But it was called The City of Joel. If you haven't seen the documentary, I, I highly encourage you just to inform yourself of what these people do um, and, and how they are advancing up there in the state of New York. But here he is. He's a disciple of Schneerson. Netanyahu is the quintessential personification of Schneerson's ultra-racist doctrine of Jewish supremacy. Now, listen to what I, I'm going to... I'm going to clarify something. I, when I say all Jews, people who call themselves Jews and are not, they don't have the faith of, of, of Abraham, I am not saying that all of them are the same because there's different distinctions of Judaism as there is... Christianity, how people identify themselves is what it is. There's only one Christian faith, okay, but how people identify themselves. But all Jews who reject the Messiah are antichrist according to First and Second John, in the same way that Muslims who do that. If they tell you they believe in Jesus, then ask them what they believe. If they don't believe what the Scripture says about Christ, then they don't believe what the Scriptures say about Christ, and therefore they do not believe in Christ, not in the same fashion. They may believe he existed, but they don't believe the things about him that he spoke, that his disciples spoke, and those who wrote the scriptures. When they first met in 1984, Chabad Lubavitcher uh, leader Rabbi Menachem Mendel Schneerson prophesied that Benjamin Netanyahu shall become Israel's prime minister who will pass the scepter to the Messiah. Ah, now, just stop and think for a second. Remember those billboards we showed you? that Bradley and I showed you, remember the tw- that said the word made flesh and Donald Trump's mug is on there, uh, that the, the son is given to us and the government shall be upon his shoulders and Donald Trump's mugs pasted all over that billboard and then, uh, you know, other scripture references and Donald Trump's mugs on there. The identification of Messiah with Trump. If that weren't enough... Trump retweets, retruths, whatever the things are that he's doing on his true, true social media. He retweets things like that that advocate him as some kind of God, as a Messiah. He's retweeted the tweet uh, that we had out by uh, Wayne Allen Root that said he's like the second coming of God. Trump does that. Now listen. I know some people out there, you say, well, Trump was converted. I know he was converted because such and such told me so. Did Donald Trump's life demonstrate that to you? Does his words demonstrate that to you? Do they? Or do they demonstrate to you just, you know, a carnival barker? What do they demonstrate? See, you have to, you have to walk through these things. And again, I don't have to convince people for the large part that Joe Biden is a bad guy. Everybody listening to this show, I would think, there might be a few who disagree with me, but 
all of you guys agree, Joe Biden. You've heard from all the talking heads all the bad things that Joe Biden's done. I just hit on just one of them with this. I could hit on uh, his, his pedophilia, even with his own daughter, and what's written in her um, uh, diary. We, we've got that coming out from, uh, I think it was the Gateway Pundit. Um, they had this. They, they've got uh, the entire contents of Ashley Biden's diary. It isn't, it isn't them, it's National File. I think National File was the one who actually obtained it from, uh, what's his name, O'Keefe's thing. By the way, we've got a, we've got a video from O'Keefe that's come out this week uh, in which, you know, behind the scenes they're saying they're, they're want, they don't want Joe Biden and they don't want Kamala Harris. They realize they're just, they're that millstone that's going to drag them down. That's what's going to happen. But, uh, but that was in the news as well. So let me take you over uh, again back to Chuck Baldwin. And I, I want to go here and again, Baldwin is simply quoting there uh, from the past that he believes that Schneerson told Netanyahu, you're going to be the prime minister and you're going to be the one to pass the scepter to Messiah. Messiah's already come. Messiah's already come. Yeshia Hamashuk, Jesus the Christ, he came. There was a time period he was supposed to come. Read Daniel chapter 9, it tells you. This is why Jesus could look to them and he says, you can look at the sky, you can look at the clouds, you can look at all this stuff, and you can tell when it's going to rain. But you don't know the day of your visitation. Why don't they know? Because they weren't studying the scriptures and seeking God. They weren't doing that. Oh, they, they knew the scriptures, They could quote the scriptures, but they didn't know them. And so, the true Messiah already had a forerunner. It wasn't Netanyahu, it was John the Baptist, right? And John knew who he was. He said, no, I'm not anybody. I'm just the voice crying in the wilderness. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. By the way, for our Jehovah's Witnesses friends, when he quotes that out of Isaiah, and he says, prepare the way of the Lord, that Lord is in all caps. That is Yahweh, or how the Jehovah's Witnesses would pronounce it as Jehovah or Yehovah, however you, however you want to take it. John says, prepare the way for the living God. That's what he's saying. And who does he point to? He points to Jesus, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. And he calls him the Lamb of God. Takes away the sin of the world. Back to Baldwin here. Here's what he says. Let's not forget that the vast majority of Americans... Whoops, I'm on the wrong thing. I keep hitting that guest thing. I don't, this is the problem with not having my buttons and having to use a cursor. Let's not forget that the vast majority of America's evangelicals sit at the feet of Zionists, such as Schneerson, but they go by other names. Maybe you know some of these guys. John Darby, C.I. Schofield, J. Dwight Pentecost, Clarence Larkin, Louis Sperry Chafer, John Walvard, Hal Lindsey, John Hagee, Robert Jeffress, Franklin Graham, Greg Laurie. And there's a whole bunch of these guys. Sadly, even John MacArthur. There's a whole bunch of these guys there. They're doing the same thing that Schneerson's doing. Now, they're coming at it from a Christian standpoint, so at some point, I'm thinking they have to come to a crossroads where they stop and they say, wait a minute, this isn't adding up and this is leading me towards... Antichrist rather than Christ. I'm, I'm hoping that's going to happen. I really am. But they now adopt what is now evangelical's major faith system, which is called Christian Zionism. I listened to 
investigative reporter uh, Laura Loomer last last night, just for briefly. And she was calling out these Jews, these wicked Jews, who are just attacking people uh, and other things like that. And she was trying to distinguish them from, I guess, Jews like her, because she said, well, I'm a Jew, so I can call it out and blah, blah, blah. But when you really get down to it, if you're just to take the word of God, she is, she is doing the same thing that they're doing. She is at war with God. She is an Israel first girl. I know she talks about it, but she always brings Israel in. And you hear it, it was like a minute-long thing that she had. And I, look, I appreciate a lot of the, the reports that she's done. Boy, she gets in there like a bulldog in these people's faces. It's great. It's great to see. That's what they should be held accountable to, okay? But the fact of the matter is, you've got to understand the ideology that even Laura Loomer holds. That it is an antichrist ideology. She may say, I have lots of Christian friends. I love Christians, this, that, and the other. Yeah, but do you love Christ? There's, there's your question. Do you love Christ? If you don't love Christ, if you reject that he came in the flesh as God in the flesh, then John says you're antichrist. I didn't say it. I didn't make that up. I would, I would never in a million years come up with that. That's what God said. And remember, in God, there is no darkness. It's all light. He speaks the truth, no matter how much it might hurt our feelings. Okay? Rabbi Schneerson also supported Israeli, Israeli wars and opposed any retreat. Now listen, because... Baldwin has said that uh, Netanyahu is a disciple of Schneerson. Now listen to what he says. He strongly opposed, in 1974, he strongly opposed the Israeli withdrawal from the Suez area. He promised Israel divine favors if it persisted in occupying the land. This is an antichrist promising divine favors to a people fighting to take a land that other people are already living in. Okay. Yeah, but Tim, God gave them the land. Yeah, he did. And he took it from them too, just like he said, Deuteronomy 28. Just as it, as it caused God to rejoice to do you good, it will cause him to rejoice to do you evil if you won't obey him. And he will utterly destroy you and drive you from the land. That's what it says. But you never hear the dispensationalists quote that, do you? You don't hear about this utter destruction because of their disobedience to the covenant. He promised Israel divine favors if it persisted in occupying the land, and after his death, thousands of Israeli followers played an important role in the election victory of Benjamin Netanyahu. Among the religious settlers in the occupied territories, the Chabad Hasids can constitute one of the most extreme groups. Yeah, that's Chabad Lubavitch up there in New York. But they're also there in Israel, just so you know. Uh, Baruch Goldstein, The Mass Murder of Palestinians, was one of them. Author Allison Weir condemned Schneerson in Why is the U.S. Honoring a Racist Rabbi? Some of the more extreme parts of Schneerson's teachings, such as the Jews are a completely different species than non-Jews. Do you see any of that in Scripture? No. You see a wicked people that God set His love upon, showed them mercy, brought them out of bondage, provided for them, gave them a hope and a covenant and an inheritance, gave them a landmass, made them a people, gave them a government, gave them law, gave them all that they needed. 
and they still turn their back on him. They still turn their back on him, giving evidence of the heart of man that is wicked. It is desperately sick. Who can know it? Who can know it? Baldwin goes on here and he says, um, some of the extreme parts of Snearson's teaching, such as the Jews are a completely different species than non-Jews, and that non-Jews exist only to serve Jews. This idea that Jews, this is a race, or a species, is utterly ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Jewish, Jewishness or Judaism is religion. It is not... It is not who you are physically. It is tied to what you believe. The Jews not to be identified by their pedigree. They're to be identified by what they believe, what they worship, how they worship. Okay? He goes on and he says... They've been largely hidden, it appears, even from many who consider themselves as followers. Such views profoundly impact the lives of Palestinians living and dying under Israeli occupation and military invasion. And I tell you, I got a thing the other day. I wish I could remember what it was because I loaded up so many videos. They'd just been sitting here in my computer and I loaded up a bunch. And there was a guy talking about that and this destruction that's happening. And uh, I think it was... I tell you what, let me see if I can pull this up because we got about a minute. I, I, I want to get just a couple of other things in, um, so we'll try to do that. So if you want to pick those up, sonsoflibertymedia.com or also on beforeitsnews.com, uh, top of the page over there, uh, and then Rumble at Sons of Liberty Radio Live if you want to pick us up there. But I'm, I'm thinking I had, I know what it was. It's actually on my desktop, and I got it last night. I will see, okay, so here it is, and I'm going to see if I can pause it. I don't know why it's not opening. Here we go. Um, we'll open it up, and I'm going to see if we can pause it, and then I'm going to play it after we come back. But Israel has to raise this big... Okay, so I'll play it when we come back. This it looks to me like he's probably Islamic. But what he says is absolutely true here. That doesn't mean everything else he says, but this is true. If you want to catch that, sonsoflibertymedia.com, beforeitsnews.com, or, or Sons of Liberty Radio Live on Rumble. Bradley be with you at 3. Lord willing, we'll be back with you in the morning, 8 a.m., bright and early with Kate Shimrani. Don't miss it. See you then. Okay, all right. I want to welcome everybody coming over from Red State Talk Radio. This guy, I, I don't know who his name is, all right, but just take a listen to what he has to say. All right. I believe he's right in what he's saying here. And I think this guy, he looks Islamic to me. Um, but listen to what he says. This was said 20 years ago. 20 years ago. Listen. Israel has to wage this big war, which he's already planned long ago. And the territory of the state of Israel will dramatically expand. Hmm? And the Palestinian problem will be solved because they'll be exported out. That is the massive human rights crime 
But Israel has a PhD in deception. <laughs> because it's Dajjal at the back of this. The mastermind. Israel has to wage her big war and make it appear as though she was only defending herself. How is Israel going to launch this big war and yet get away from being perceived by the whole of humanity as the aggressor, blatant aggression? You have to come with a good strategy. <laughs> yeah, I would say you do. You've got to come with a good strategy. That's exactly right. But here this guy, I mean, he's telling you. He's telling you it's 20 years ago. They're already in. By the way, for people who don't know it, go back to Bibi when he first took power and go about every year, find him in the news about every year since he took power more than 20 years ago. And what's he been doing? He's been pointing the finger at Iran and he's been saying they're going to have a, a nuclear bomb next year. They're going to have a nuclear bomb within two years. He's doing that. He's been doing that for, for decades. And you know how it is when children, men children, let me put it that way, when they get in their little scuffle, they shout insults at the one country, and the country insult, shouts insults to them. They say, oh, I'm going to kick your butt, and they, oh, no, I'm going to kick yours. And they go back and forth fighting and fussing rather than making peace. And that's what's been going on with Israel and its neighbors. They don't, they don't make peace, neither one of them, because they want war. All of them want war. That's a part of what's going on here, too. Let me go back here, because, again, I, I think my estimation is this entire Israel thing is such a deception. It is such a delusion to the modern church in America. It's causing the American church to stumble all over itself and not see the Christ. They're focused on Israel. They're focused on Antichrist. We talked about this the other week. Why are people obsessed with wanting to pin the tail on the Antichrist? I mean, they're just obsessed with it. Trying to figure out who the Antichrist is. Why don't you spend more time knowing the Christ? If you do that, you wouldn't have to worry about the other. Do that. Know the Christ. I want to go back here to, uh, to Baldwin's piece. He says, um, likewise, Israeli Rabbi Levi Sudri spoke of the many parallels between the prime minister and Jonathan, the son of biblical king Saul. Claimed that Netanyahu serves the function of Moshiach ben Yosef, Messiah from the house of Joseph, being the first part of the two-stage messianic process, which includes the reestablishment of the Davidic dynasty and the completion of the third kingdom. Wait a minute. My Bible says that God would give the throne of David to his son. Now, he gave it to Solomon, but he had in mind, um, and I don't, again, I keep hitting that, that guest thing. Sorry about that, guys. Um, I forgot what I was saying there. Sorry about that. I looked over and saw that it wasn't there, uh, the text that we had up. But the Davidic dynasty is in Christ. He's the one seated on the throne. Do you see what they're doing here? Professed Christian, do you see what they're doing? Who holds that Israel is God's people and we ought to support them? And all? Do you see what they're doing? 
They're trying to dethrone the Christ to put their own Christ in place. That's what they're trying to do. They want the reestablishment of the Davidic dynasty and the completion of the third temple. Friends, the third temple, let, let, let me let you see my face. And hear me, hear me out. The third temple are the people that have the faith of Abraham. That's Ezekiel's messianic temple, if you want it. It's the church. How is the church spoken of? Well, we read from Revelation that we'll be made pillars in the temple of our God. We are living stones made into a house. We're, we're spoken of as a body with many parts, many gifts. What they're doing over there trying to push a temple in Israel is a faux, a false temple. Why? Because it's an abomination. Read the book of Hebrews. You know, we could go over to Hebrews chapter 10 and you'll see kind of the culmination there of what the writer's writing. Uh, let me pull that up real quick. You'll see what he's writing there. And he's talking about the old covenant and the law of the old covenant. Now, listen, I don't know why people have a hard time with this, but the moral law that was given as part of the old covenant is still relevant today. You don't believe me? Okay. Do you think that if somebody murders somebody, they should have to pay for their, with, it, with their life? That would be the law, and that would be the just punishment. That would be God's commands, his statutes, and his judgments. Then the law still exists. Do you believe that adultery is wrong? Do you believe that stealing is wrong? Do you believe that perjury is wrong? Do you believe that coveting is wrong? Do you believe that um, dishonoring your parents is wrong? Believe not keeping the Sabbath day is wrong. Do you believe not have do you believe having other gods before you, making carved images, taking the name of the Lord your God in vain? Do you believe all that's wrong? Then if you believe that, then by definition you're saying the law still exists. And it does. Paul says so. He says we esteem the law. We're not doing away with the law. Romans uh, chapter five through seven, you can read that. Actually, you go back to, to two and go through seven. What's what's going on there? Well, the law is still in place. That part of the law is. The other things are fulfilled, and we read that in Colossians where it says he took the, the, the commandments or the ordinances, and he doesn't mean the moral law. He means those things that they were required to do, all this you know, sacrificing, the temple worship, the, uh, the ceremonial customs and everything they were doing. All of that was nailed to the cross. So were our sins too, by the way. They were nailed to the cross as well. But specifically, it says those commandments of ordinances against us. And then we read this in Hebrews chapter 10. Let's see if I get the right screen. There we go. For the law having a shadow of good things to come and not the very image of the things that can never with those sacrifices which they offered year by year continually make the comers thereunto perfect. For then would they not have ceased to be offered? Because that the worshipers once purged should have had no more conscience of sins. But in those sacrifices, there is a remembrance again made of sins every year. For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and of goats should take away sins. Wherefore, when he cometh into the world, this is the Christ, he saith, sacrifice and offering thou wouldest not, but a body hast thou prepared me. 
Jesus was not a created being, but his body was created. And he inhabited that body. That's what it's saying there. God prepared a body for his son to enter into that he might present that body blameless and without spot, perfect before the Lord, without sin, so that it could be sacrificed on behalf of his people. That's what he was doing. That's why he's called the Lamb of God. He gave himself. Nobody took his life. Jesus said he laid it down on his own. He's the one who did. And it says, for those people out there who might think, uh, like, sadly, Dave Hunt, uh, when he was alive, um, that somehow people are justified by their obedience to the law here. What does, you know, are the sin is taken away through, I don't think he said this, but some people do believe that these sacrifices actually took away their sin. But it doesn't. It doesn't. What does the writer say here? It is not possible that the blood of bulls and goats should take away sins. It's not possible. And when he comes to the world, he's, he's going to sacrifice his body and burn offering sacrifice for sin. Thou hast no pleasure, God. There's no pleasure in offerings and sacrifices. God doesn't delight in that. What does the Bible say he delights in? Obedience. Let me ask you something. Professed Christian, professed follower of the way, the Christ, Yeshua, you know, bring out all your names, the things that you think are, are just the, the most important, all your doctrines, everything else. Let me ask you something. Are you obeying the Lord? If you're not obeying the Lord, I don't care what your terminology is. I don't care who you align yourself with. I don't care what books you've read or anything else. If you're disobedient to the Lord, you are still in your sin. And you need to repent. You need to repent. Okay? Um, okay, we got a spammer in the chat, so I'm just going to pop that person out of there. Yes, I did that because it's spam. I've done seen it 50,000 times in there. You don't have the right to come on the property we pay for, which is this Rumble channel, and spam. You don't have that right. Sorry, you don't have it. It isn't the First Amendment. I've already went through that. First Amendment's about Congress. It isn't about me. It isn't about Sons of Liberty or you, okay? Just letting you know. All right. And so what's the warning of the writer of Hebrews here? Well, the writer of Hebrews is warning that in the Old Covenant system, he's writing to Hebrews. The blood of bulls and goats don't take away your sin. He's been making the argument that Christ is the Messiah, that he's greater than all of the sacrifices, all the patriarchs, the temple, the utensils in the temple, all of the men of faith throughout the Old Testament. He's greater than all of them, and he's the one who actually takes away sin through his blood. And he says, if you want to reject that, and you want to go back to the old covenant system, you don't have a sacrifice for sin. Because there wasn't one in the Old Test in the Old Covenant. They were all pointing to Jesus, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. Guys, are you seeing the difference between the biblical Messiah, the biblical Israel, who are God's people all across the world? They're not in a postage stamp piece of land, and most of them don't call themselves Jews, even though the true Jew is the one circumcised of the heart, not of the flesh. Are you seeing the distinction that's going on here? Let's read a little bit more of this, and then I'm going to leave you to it. You can, uh, 
you can read through the rest of this if you want. It's, it's rather lengthy, but I think there's some really good things within this that if you're struggling with this issue, issue uh, the best thing I can tell you to do is I would recommend reading the book of Ephesians and the book of Galatians. And read it over and over and over till you get it. And you will get it. It's, it's so plain and so in your face. But do, do a favor. Turn off anything that would be speaking about the subject you're reading. And just take two weeks and read through Ephesians and read through Galatians. You can read through some other passages too. But I'm saying those, I think, are the ones that are most helpful on this subject of understanding Israel and the Christ, okay? So he's talking about this with Netanyahu, you know, paralleling him with um, Jonathan, the son of Saul. Remember David's uh, best friend, in fact. Wanted to build that third temple. It is very clear... <clears throat> Here's what he said. It's very clear that we see in Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu that he is fulfilling his destiny as Moshiach ben Yosef. That is to say, the reincarnation of Jonathan. <laughs> wow. Wow. This is Rabbi Sudri told Breaking Israel News. The name Netanyahu is composed of the same letters as the name Jonathan. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that, that does it for me. We used to have this thing when I was a kid. Uh, they had a phrase, and it's, it read the same way, frontwards and backwards. It was, you know, what Adam said to his wife, Madam, I'm Adam. And if you write it backwards, it says, Madam, I'm Adam. <laughs> I can do it too. It's got the same letters, man. So it must mean the same thing. It must be the same guy. That, this is goofiness. It's just goofy. Uh, here's the other one. This sentiment was repeated by Rabbi Moshe ben Tov. I believe he's a commentator. If I'm not, I've read that name before in some commentaries that, that I've had where they go back to the Mishnah and to the Talmud and stuff, and they pull out why these guys thought some of the things that they thought. And I'm pretty sure he was a, he, he was a commentator as well, who, after attaching a mezuzah in the prime minister's office, made a remarkable statement to Netanyahu. It is very important that your love of Israel continue until the Mashiach comes because you are going to stay, you are going to stay in office and are going to meet him. You are the one who will give him the keys to this office. Now, I'm just going to ask a question here. And I'm going to, I'm going to leave it to the candor uh, because I know in my audience we have a variety of people I don't, by the way, I don't think any of you are, sh you know, just. I want to choose my words carefully. I don't think any of you are uninformed about a lot of stuff. But there are some who have error. And look, I had it too. I had this same error with Israel and all that other. And I had, to, I had to dig it out for myself. And I'm telling you, dig it out yourself. Because if you think that any of this has any, is a biblical reality, the only biblical reality is it's, you've got a false prophet here. That's what you've got. And we're not to be afraid of them. You've got a false prophet here. And when you hear this, if you're like me, you've heard 
What, did Israel name a city or a building after Trump? Um, they really praised him. He went over there to the Wailing Wall, put his yarmulke on, did his little thing. He doesn't. Uh, I don't. I don't guess he was praying because you know he pretty much told us he doesn't. You know, ask God for forgiveness or anything like that. So you know, the Lord's not hearing his prayer anyway. But the the, the point is, we see that stuff being set up. And I got to tell you, when I read this, I was kind of like, well, maybe, just maybe, Trump's going to be the guy that comes in. And I'm going to tell you that because of video we have where some of these guys, I say this kind of in jest, these yahoos, um, Netan Yahoo, that's a little joke, sorry. This is probably a bad joke. These yahoos come in and they're telling Donald Trump that he's the Messiah. Have you seen those videos? They came out several years ago. We, I've got it somewhere on Sons of Liberty, and I can't remember the title that I gave it, but they're, it's like 30 minutes long or something, and somebody's just, they got a video on, and occasionally you see people's faces and stuff, but it's largely at the table, and they're telling him he is the Messiah. And if I'm not mistaken, they tell him his son-in-law, uh, the Kutcher guy, um, that he is the second Messiah. So I guess what they're communicating is Donald Trump's going to be the forerunner. He's going to be the John the Baptist, and his son-in-law is going to be the, the real deal. At least that's what it sounded like they were saying to me. And yes, this is on video. You can find it online. Uh, guys from Israel. And you see the impact that they have on the United States. Why? Because the people have been deceived with theological error. That's why. Now I want to play you a couple of things here, and then we're going to close out the show. This is a lady um, who was inside the Hasidic Jewish community in New Jersey. She is a rabbi's daughter. Okay? Take a listen to what this lady's saying here. I'm going to get religious on all of us for a second. There is a song we sing on the Sabbath, and it's called Isha's Chayel, and there's a, a line in it. That says Shekhar Hachin Vehavel Hayofi, which means that we glorify lies and we uglify beauty, which means let's say we think that when someone abstains from promiscuity that they're prude and that they're bad because they care about sexual health and they want to be celibate and they want to have meaningful sexual relationships. You get scoffed at for that. But somebody who goes and makes $50 million off of porn is going to be praised. So in the same right, in our religious culture, they're going to take the ugliness and they're going to hide it. They won't necessarily beautify it, but they're going to hide it. And the beauty of the people who have the courage to speak up, those people are going to get punished. Those people are going to get cursed. Those people are going to be found dead. Those people are going to be found blackmailed. Because there's like a whole underworld going on in these super religious circles where they have their own police. They have their own, if there's uh, even landlord uh, abuse, there's organizations. They have like their whole, there's a whole underworld going on of loaning and getting people out of trouble and lawyers and it's good, but it's also bad because 
it's good, but it's also bad. And it's she's talking about the Hasidic community up there, the Jewish community. This is what they do. Look, I realize it goes on in a lot of things, and it's because men are there. It's because men are there. We're told to do things different in in the Christian church, aren't we? Yep. Uh, in fact, if if those who call themselves Jews and are not, if they would actually go back to their foundations and read the Old Testament, they would come to the same conclusion we, we, we would come to. But here's what they do. Again, I would encourage you, watch the documentary City of Joel. You'll see exactly what she's talking about because they show it in there. They show some of these behind-the-scene things where people are blackmailed, where people are intimidated, uh, where, where things are done to people to get them to comply, to get them to have the group think. All of that, that's in there. Now, this lady's talking about what's going on in New York, not Israel. What's going on in New York? This young man, and again, I, you know, I could play, I've got several of these on my channel uh, dealing with some things that are in contrast to what the Mockingbird media is feeding us with regard to Israel. This young man, I've got to tell you, um, he's, an, he's an Israeli, and he's, I've got to tell you, he's got some integrity about him. Young man, I don't know if he's in his... He looks like he's maybe late teens or early 20s. Um, they are trying to draft him. And I know some of you guys out there think Israel's got the greatest security force. Well, then how did they get invaded on October 7th last year? Not that I really buy all of what we were told about that. How did they do that? I thought they had the greatest security in the world, and yet they were just run over. Nobody even responded for over an hour. Anybody thinking about that? Yeah, it's because... It's not what you're being told. I'm not saying people didn't die. I'm not saying there weren't some bad guys involved. I'm not saying that. I'm just telling you what we've been told and then what you see. This young man was, I believe they had a, they have some equivalent of a draft or they have something in, in line to where he has to serve in the military and so they're going to send him into Gaza. Okay? And he's not going to do it. He's just, he's not going to do it. And uh, I want you to just kind of see what he does, because as he walks off, I think this is with his mother, okay, um, they're going to put him in jail because he won't serve in the Israeli army to go and kill people in Gaza. Here it is. I'm going to be in Basis Tel Shomer and I'm going to serve to get out of it. I'm going to take part in the war in Gaza. I believe that the war is not a war. And then he's going off. You see, I think he's with his mom, and you see the cops there and the IDF. There they are, putting this young man in jail because he won't go violate his conscience and slaughter innocent people in his mind. That's what, he, that, that's what he's being put in jail for. That's the Israel that the modern American church says are God's chosen people. We need to bless them. We bless those who bless Israel or, you know, God will bless and those who curse Israel. If you want to do that right, people, then you bless God's people, the church. That's who you do. Not the Roman church. I'm talking about the people who had the faith of Abraham in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's who you bless if you want to be blessed. If you want to be cursed, you start cursing the people of God, the real people of God. If you don't believe me, how long has America been blessing Israel? And I want to ask you, 1948, since before then, 
We were already in there. The, the seeds of dispensationalism were already planted in the 1800s and into the 1900s. They were, they were pushed out and promoted by C.I. Schofield and John Darby and what was that guy's name? Dates, Annotated Bible, that guy. All these, uh, Hal Lindsey, all these people promoting that kind of stuff. And here's a young man. What integrity. I'm not going to go in there. I don't fully agree with him. I think sometimes violence does solve some things. Violence takes out bad guys. That solves some problems. Sometimes that's a good thing. But there's a little wisdom there for his age. There really is. There, there's some wisdom there. Um, final thing, what I want to throw out here. Um... Well, I showed you this the other week because this comes right back in full circle to what we were talking about with Biden and with Netanyahu. And again, you, you really want to read this piece by um, uh, Chuck Baldwin. It's, it's really good. If you're struggling with this, I offer it to you. I don't offer it to you as a backhand. I offer it to you as maybe this can help you sort some things out and then also putting Ephesians and Galatians in conjunction with it. If you're struggling with this thing about what I'm saying about Israel, okay, I would highly encourage you to, to read it and to ponder it and to meditate on it and think about it. This brings it full circle. So Biden is up against the people of the state of Texas doing what the Constitution says is their authority to do, to defend from invasion, because Biden isn't doing anything for them, okay? And then we have this tie with Israel. He wants funds for Israel and Ukraine. And we know what a lapdog America has been for Israel. And this goes right back to what we talked about the other week. Suspected terrorist at Texas border works for Mossad. And UNRWA is Hamas exposed as an Israeli operation. And this was the guy we were looking at. We thought he was Mavsam Samadov. Okay, he was a leader of a Islamic party in Iran. He'd been jailed for 12 years because uh, he didn't feel like they were doing Islam the way it ought to be done. And you can tell from those pictures, they look the same. This guy right here is the Mavsam. This is the guy who came across the border. And this guy right here, this is an old picture. But boy, I mean, spitting image, if you ask me, of this guy. Spitting image of him. But when you see a picture of him now, he doesn't look anything like this at all. In fact, he looks a lot more white. Uh, his skin is a lot lighter. Let me put it that way. He doesn't have a beard, or he didn't have a beard in the picture that I had. But we found out that uh, from the last vagabond, uh, Ryan Christian over there, um, he was pointing out that this guy is tied with Mossad. Now, there's a, it's about a three-hour show that Ryan puts on, but he takes you through and he shows you all of the stuff as to what's going on there. I'd highly recommend you take a look at that. If that is the case, and I don't have any reason to think it's not the case, it sounds to me like we're dealing with something very similar to 9-11. Israel is rarely brought into 9-11, but... The dancing Israelis are at the center of that whole story. They were sent there to cover the event. That's what they told the people who were interviewing them. We're sent here to cover the event. They cheered and they danced as there were explosions there in New York City at the WTC. By the way, there is a, 
there is a fantastic video. I just blows blows you away. In fact, I want to end with that. We'll end on the 9-11 thing, okay? But do you see how these things are working together? Do you see what Biden's doing or failing to do also works in conjunction with what Israel is doing there too? Yep. Yep. It's incredible how our government has been infiltrated by foreigners. It's absolutely, whether it's Israeli, Russian, Chinese, Muslim, whoever. It's incredible to me. It really is incredible. I'm going to end on this little thing. Somebody sent me this the other day, and the only reason I'm ending on it, it's not really a part of the subject matter, but it is because I brought in 9-11, the dancing Israelis and stuff like this. This is a little short five-minute video, and somebody put this together. Some of you may have seen it. Some of you may not have, but it's just dealing with the plane issue on 9-11, and I'm going to close with this, okay, uh, because... I believe I made the correlation there for what's happening in Texas, what we're dealing with with uh, Israel, and and how all this just puts us into confusion, and it makes us it, it'll eventually make us a lawless people because we won't follow the law. This is what I was dealing with the two guys in the comments section about. It, it's when I call out Trump, it isn't out of hatred. It's out of a love for the law. He said he would do that. When I call out Biden, it's not a hatred of him. It's a love for the law. Look, dude, you're supposed to be obeying the law. You wanted the job. You, you put yourself out there wanting the job. You said you would do it. And now you're not doing it. It's nothing to do with hate. It has everything to do about you're not doing the job. This is a, this is a short video on the planes that hit the, bu- the building on 9-11. And I got to tell you, I showed it to one of my sons. And even this fighter jet, you wait till the end of this, the fighter jet. Um, it looks like it's going to hit like about a, I'm guessing here, okay? 10, 12 foot solid concrete wall. And this thing just goes to smithereens. Anyway, I think you'll find this interesting. I'll say just a goodbye word uh, after the video. And then uh, we'll see you in the morning, Lord willing, at 8 with Kate. Here it goes. This newly compiled footage from the National Institute of Science and Technology is going to blow you away. Pay attention to the details. Do you see anything strange? Let's play it again. How about now? Do you see anything strange? If you pay attention, without any doubt, you can see the nose of this plane exit the other side of the building. You've seen this exact same footage before, but from a different angle. Now in this image, you can see the impact a bird can have on a plane. It's devastating to say the least. And yet we've been led to believe that a plane is more powerful than structural steel. That a plane meant to be lighter than air can cut through steel like a hot knife through butter. Now in this video, you can see that a bus cannot drive through a concrete wall. So what makes people think that a plane can fly through structural steel? into the concrete walls of a nuclear power station. The jet sets off, bolted to a track to prevent takeoff. It's doing 500 miles an hour. 
plane atomized with the impact. It just disappeared into dust. Only the tips of the wings escaped total destruction. But the war designed to move and absorb energy did its job well. When dealing with nuclear material, no test can ever be too trusted. As you can see in this footage, the fighter jet did even worse than the bus. It was vaporized into dust. The World Trade Center wasn't made of concrete, ladies and gentlemen. It was a building made with grade-A structural steel. The engineers that built the World Trade Center said it could have resisted multiple impacts from multiple planes. Now we're going to play this FOIA NIST footage from September 11. Watch what happens. Did you notice the cutscene? That's how the footage was released, with a cutscene. In other words, they cut out the approach of the plane that hit the second tower. Let's watch this again. Now, just before the cutscene, we can actually see the time this footage was taken. 9.04. If we look at the timeline for September 11th, we can see that the second plane impacted at 9.03. So we're supposed to believe that the person filming this video stopped recording just a few seconds before the impact and then started recording again. Unfortunately, we see this same tactic play out on multiple FOIA NIST videos from that very same day. In this video, they did it again. The reason they're cutting out the planes, ladies and gentlemen, is because it's easier to cut out the plane than to put one in via CGI. In this footage, we can see the wingtip disappear behind the corner of the building. And in this video, the entire wing disappears. Would it surprise you to know that the person that recorded this footage is the head of the MIT Media Lab? MIT level CGI, ladies and gentlemen. It's either that or a mega bunker-busting cruise missile with wings. Notice how quickly explosives can transform this 100-story column resembling the World Trade Center into dust. This is exactly what happened on 9-11. High-velocity explosives triggered to cascade in a visual way that makes it look like the building collapsed at free-fall speeds. This is what happened on 9-11. Pay attention to these horizontal ejections. They're a classic sign of a controlled demolition. In this footage, you can see the same types of ejections occurring right around the zone of the collapse. There are multiple examples of this. It gets so sneaky that they let off a few charges as the second plane, Flight 175, hits the South Tower. It's bait and switch, ladies and gentlemen. And as people were looking at the explosion rocking the South Tower, other explosions were occurring in the other tower. Now, you can deny the evidence if you want to. But one thing is clear. Absolutely everything that has been brought since 9-11 has been fake news. Fake news that keep people distracted from what really happened on that day. If you're listening to this, you are the resistance. Hmm. Yes, you are. You are the resistance and you are the solution. That's one thing that we say here constantly on the Sons of Liberty. The solution is not the politicians. The solution is you and me. We're the solution. And uh, there, I got to tell you, the best place to be the solution is right where God's put you. Right where God's put you. Not at the national level. I, there was a guy that wrote something the other day, I think I posted whatever. 
It was a good little quote, but he basically said, on the national politics, yet you can be aware of it, but that's not where you put your efforts towards when you're, when you're dealing with things. I use the national politics to help you see it happening in your backyard. Uh, at least I hope that you see it happening in your backyard, that where you can do something. And, uh, you know, as others have said, being vocal locally is where you have the most impact. You're not going to have it at the state or even the federal level in the same way you're going to ha- have it with those that live around you. That's why it's important that we have community. That's why it's important that we talk to one another and, uh, and, and we fellowship with one another so that we are engaging one another to do what's right. Uh, because we, we see the evil men doing everything around us wrong. We've got to correct that. That's what our job is uh, as believers in this world, we're to be salt and to be light. All right, guys, Bradley be with you at 3. Lord willing, we'll be back with you in the morning at 6 a.m. with Kate Shimarani. Talk to you then. See you.